Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr. It's an exciting episode today because it's uh, one of the first episodes, if not the first episode, where I've had someone here in the studio recording uh, an episode live in person. Well, not live, but in person. Um, everything is usually over the phone. So it was so great um, to hang out with someone. So here's the interesting story. Um, a couple of months ago, I found out that Ryan Hemsworth, who owns the label Secret Songs, is my neighbor. He lives right around the corner. In fact, if I opened up my window and threw this apple, if I had a good arm, if I had a decent arm, which I don't, I could probably hit his house. Um, I'd have to get it up a little high over the other house, but I could hit his house. Anyway, I, you know, we've been chatting, and so he came over and, and we chatted about his label. Um, it's You can find out more about his label um, by going to Sh Secret Songs, spelled S-H-H, secretsongs.com not a fun thing to say uh on a podcast but that's the url for it um also it, he had a project on saddle creek called quarter life crisis uh that came out last year that is really good as well you probably know ryan hemsworth if not you you can google him um while i'm speaking uh it was a huge honor to have him up here in the studio hanging out and chatting i i hope that you love this interview it was so much fun for me and um Secret Songs is a really great label, and um, there is, I was a part of a release on, um, on on this label, and they do some really, really cool stuff, and, and Ryan has a really great philosophy behind the label and, and how he approaches doing things. It is quite different, um, so I think you're really going to enjoy today's interview. For all of our new listeners and our old listeners, remember, our website is becoming this collective of resources for potentially independent artists, but mostly independent record labels, people who are um, aspiring to start a record label or for a lot of us already have a record label, whether that's something that's been around for only a couple of months or something that's been around for a couple of years or a decade. Um, there are tools like a sample recording contract, our very popular record label toolkit, which contains just a tons of resources in one free download. Um, there's some no, some brand new social media templates that I know a lot of you have been downloading for free. Um, and so come to otherrecordlabels.com. There's a big link right there for our free resources that you can make use of to help you with your record label. Last time we got together, it was like kind of a little unseasonably cold. Yeah. Remember we were out for a walk because I was thinking like... Yeah, I was kind of shivering the whole yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> and I was thinking like, a week before that it had been quite nice and a week after that it had been quite nice and it was kind of like this little gray day that was like <laughs> one degree and now today we just can't seem to get it right yeah um let me ask you about like this is one thing i'm curious about and i think i maybe asked you a little bit last time we talked but like being an indie artist also being signed to a label um been signed with various labels like last gang jag saddle creek um, and then having your own label with secret songs, does that give you, do you think that gives you like a unique perspective that you've played all three roles? I think so. Yeah. With running the label, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I have to learn stuff firsthand. So I think that's, you know, starting the label was just sort of like, I had a lot of producer friends at the time in like 2014 and a lot of people sending me stuff to like put in DJ sets mm -hmm. or mixes mm -hmm. or whatever, a lot of unreleased music. And I was like, 
hey, what are you doing with this? And people are just like, I don't know, just going to put it on SoundCloud or something. And I was like, well, I can like, I don't have much to offer at the time, but I have like a bit of a following. So at least you can kind of like use that as a stepping stone if I put it out. Um, So yeah, the like Secret Songs just started as kind of a very uh, general collective, you know, like early it was like Tennyson and like, a bunch of different kind of weirdo kid producers <laughs> like all around the world. Um, it was definitely like connecting the people that um, I haven't met or wanted to meet. Right. And then it snowballed to like I could tour and then I could get these people to open for me yeah. or, you know, play shows for them and put them on. So, yeah. yeah. T- tell me if I'm like projecting this or if this is true for you, but like from some of the research I did with how the label got started and, and even just what you said now, it feels like, one one of your roles or the role of someone in your position is to like not just empower the artist but to like kind of nudge them and to say like mm. you should release this this is really good because there's a lot of artists like you obviously had confidence to release your own stuff at some point in your career a lot of artists like have great stuff but they don't think it's great and or yeah. they're either lazy or scared of releasing it oh yeah and it's your job <laughs> to say this is great let's get this out there That's it. I mean, it was, I know so many artists, like some of my favorite music is unreleased, you know? Yeah. Just music that I think would be world changing. But (laughs) these, uh, you know, producers and different artists, like for whatever reason, you know, there's a million reasons that that I understand. Like it's just maybe they're not quite confident with Mm -hmm. it or they don't feel like it's the right time or the right way to you know, put it out yeah. and do a rollout. And that's yeah. that's a whole other side of things that people don't like to think about, obviously. Yeah. So I I don't like it either, but I can deal with it enough to be like, I'll do that part for you. Right. If that like gets you one step closer to releasing it into the world, yeah. you know, and yeah. sharing it with people. Where do you fall on this spectrum of like some artists will want to write for three or four years, then pick the best nine songs mm-hmm. and release just those and then repeat that cycle for fi- every five years like Radiohead or something whereas mm-hmm. other artists mm-hmm. like as soon as they have an idea they put it up on TikTok right away or they put it up on SoundCloud where do you fall on that spectrum where do you think an artist should be on that spectrum oh man I think you should just be whatever feels totally right in, okay. that, in that spectrum and I think that spectrum should exist and I'm, yeah. I'm glad it does I think there needs to be more respect for people that need to take that time okay. because you know as everything accelerates and we're expected to deliver this stuff to Spotify <laughs> and to audiences constantly yeah. weekly yeah. whatever um i think you know the audiences need to also you know just know that that stuff takes time and i think they do i think it's more that the kind of uh the spotifys and everything like are just sort of creating this monster that's just like accelerating, coming faster and faster. Right. So that is true. Like, um, that's a good point. I don't really know where that because I feel that too. I look at my Spotify and I go, okay, it's been three months like mm. since I've had something, and I feel this enormous pressure. <laughs> but I doubt like my fans are out there, you know, tapping their watch, going, "Come on, bud, let's," you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, and it's it sucks. Yeah, when you realize that, because I definitely. If I like go on my page and see something I put out this year or last year, I'm like, my first thought is like, wow, that's old. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure 
you know, it's probably not the most natural mindset, but we've just sort of like adapted it because mm-hmm. everything is accelerated through Spotify, TikTok, everything just being so. Yeah, there is like a, a blurring of like social. I think social media has influenced our release schedule a little bit. Like, yeah, because you, if you tweet 10 times a day or you post on Instagram once a day, all of a sudden you start to think that's what you should be doing with your music as well. Mm-hmm. I actually think that there is a good, that is a good influence to a certain extent, Can but be, everything yeah. in moderation. And so, like, but then at some point, at some point, you really have to slow down and go, it, like, there, no schedule should dictate the creative process. Yeah. I, I believe in pressure a bit. You know, I, I think pressure definitely yeah. makes <laughs> things happen. Are you that person finish. for artists? Um, yeah. I try to, you know, um, I was going to say gently pressure. That sounds weird. Keep them accountable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a better way of putting it. Um, yeah. Cause I know I also have, I think I uh, have these both sides of my brain that I can at least have the artist side and also like, you know, wag my finger at them when yeah. they need to yeah. be told what to do and yeah. when to deliver and have the deadlines. And deadlines are, I, uh, something I believe in as well, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. It's not sexy stuff. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is like that. That final twenty five percent is is really, I think, where a label comes in because yeah. And I think as you as an artist start to detach from your like your creation, and and by the time it's mastered and you're starting to get artwork, you don't even want to think about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's totally okay and that's totally natural. There's that meme of like somebody like. You know, should I work? Should I complete one of my hundred projects or start like a one new project? <laughs> yeah, I think that's totally beautiful. It's a great part of the process, but you do have still have to release stuff. I think that's also part of the process. Release it and you know, like champion it yourself mm-hmm. as well. I yeah. think a, a big part uh, I've really noticed in the last couple of years working with people is like, I don't know. I think there's. I don't want to keep going back to streaming services and all that, but it's it's such a part that they've played and changed in that the expectation of oh if I if you get me on this playlist then I'm good or whatever mm-hmm. and I just feel like we're overlooking the fact that like artists that you look up to and have reached a point that you want to reach to have worked so hard every day and like put themselves in those positions right. that you you're trying to be in. So, That's true. Yeah. yeah. It's just been, you know, I think I, I started mine through SoundCloud. Mainly that was where I sort of built a community and everything. Take me back. My next question is about the genesis of of your uh you as a independent artist and mm-hmm. then how it came up to creating secret sound songs. Um yeah, I mean I would say for me, uh releasing music and stuff is like around 2011, um, early 2012 Mm -hmm. is when I started to like, I got like a fader post and like stuff like that. I was just like making my own original music, but also doing like remixes and stuff at the time. So I was, um, I luckily kind of like set myself up for those like two different like avenues to try to make work. And um, both, you know, were kind of taking off decently at the same time. So from that, I got like some random show offers and not big stuff, yeah. but like stuff to get me out of my house and yeah. whatever. And um, but that was uh, that was all starting through MySpace originally, and then SoundCloud was just starting, and like really people were starting to use it around that time. Right. So I just 
if I made something, I put it on SoundCloud that yeah. day. And that is definitely, you know, something that I think the spontaneity of that, not overthinking yeah. every aspect, yeah. or is this mixed and mastered perfectly? Like at the time, I didn't even know what mastering was. I was yeah. just like, that's made, a great thing. Made I the think. song, put yeah. it up. And, you know, I think people, that allowed people to kind of appreciate like a bit more of rawness from, you know, sonically and like just the approach of releasing music for yeah. artists and everything. So SoundCloud yeah. has like a mastering component now. I think, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if people, did people use it or? I, I, I think I uploaded something to SoundCloud recently. And I may, you could just hit like listen to their master oh, okay. before you pay for it. Okay. So, and I don't know if I had, I think I had uploaded just a unmastered like rough mix that I had been working on because I was sending it to someone else to listen to. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, oh, that'd be cool to hear this master. And I mean, it was, it was okay. It was just brighter and louder. Yeah. I, it, well, I didn't think it was great, but. Yeah, I mean, the they were amazing starting out and I owe so much to the platform, but yeah. I think um, the, the downfalls have definitely been not kind of, being on that stuff sooner and yes. you know supporting the yeah. community that created their following you know yeah i've always I, I just felt like they never and i mean it's not my genre so like the the my, i don't think a lot of my people are there like the people who like the stuff that i was doing are were over there to right. begin with maybe that was more happening at Bandcamp, mm-hmm. but um i just never felt like that platform was doing things to like earn my business or to, to keep me there. I always, I was always hitting my threshold really quickly of like my minutes, how many minutes I could upload. Oh yeah. And I thought that was pretty absurd because Bandcamp didn't have that. Yeah. So there's just certain like kind of limitations to get to monetize me that it just, I didn't think it was the best route. It was great at the time to not, like I wasn't even thinking about money at that point. Yeah. And I think that's why it right. was such a beautiful thing at right. that time where people also, you know, the majority of us were releasing stuff on there that was not legally released. You know, it's right. a lot of bootlegs and true. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> think about like I was doing like Frank Ocean remixes and all this stuff and like nothing <clears throat> right. was, you know, cleared. Right. And you think about like Katrinata and these artists who've, you know, really uh, yeah. built their career from that. So, Yeah. Sorry, I just want to... Um, no worries. I want my screensaver to go on. Um, yeah, so um, I actually want to ask you about SoundCloud a little bit later on because it, it is an interesting format. How did you... Okay, while we're on the topic, how do you... Did you ever think or at, cer- at a certain point as you started to think, maybe I need to make some money or make a living. Mm. How did you like migrate SoundCloud people to elsewhere? Like was, cause I always find like the SoundCloud people and we've had a couple tracks that did really well. And I just feel like it's hard to interact with the audience there. Like they leave a comment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's tons of spam on there, like tons, at least from, from my perspective, how do you migrate those people and say, come follow us on Twitter or come to our website or, you know, yeah. buy a product. I mean, I guess that's what has, you know, time has not been very favorable to the app or the right. platform in that way. <laughs> right. It's that it, it wasn't really, there was no spam originally or anything oh, like that. Okay. And okay. that's just been overrun completely. Yeah. And, you know, you used to be able to, um, you know, just like repost so easily. And then I think that became, 
I mean, for a little while, I remember everyone was like, you know, pay me $20 and I'll repost. Like that was, that became oh, like a, right. a whole right. I remember that. monetization yeah. Yeah. Uh, business on its own, <laughs> like mid, <laughs> mid 2010s. Right. Um, and then that was like oversaturated very quickly. But yeah, I mean, I think it was just like a, you know, sort of lightning in a bottle couple of years of like, at least for uh, producers and like me in like the early twenties, like yeah. doing these kind of this kind of music, having the audience that was in that kind of age range mm-hmm. and um, not caring so much about buying music. Yeah, you know, I yeah. think that's a big part. Is that like I, I bought music growing up, but I also got really obsessed with downloading it and the, yeah. finding these. Sort of cultures yes. underneath, like yeah, in Soul totally. Seek and everything like that. So, I think, I think it still today is the best way to build a, a company, quote unquote, or a career is to just like concentrate on an audience and mm-hmm. just not trying to get anything from them, just giving to them yeah. and celebrating something. And then you get to the point where on, you're on SoundCloud and you have hundreds of thousands of followers or, or whatever they are. <laughs> And then maybe that's when you start to build something a little bit more predictable or tangible. Yeah. I think it's great to just start by creating and being generous. That's the way to do it. But yeah, once you start thinking about it and try to manifest that, then it becomes unnatural, you know, the <laughs> right. second you start realizing yeah, it, you know, true. Yeah. it's so hard to, uh, but I think that early 20s, late teens naivety of like, I'm just, making stuff and putting it up and right. people like it cool. Right. It's like having that that air of like carelessness a little is right. uh you know that's always what's most appealing to to people in that age range for sure. So you're focusing on your own career then then and you're getting these unreleased tracks sent to you. You want to advocate for them. When mm. did it, when did you say I I need to create something official? I think a big part of it too is that I was touring a lot by 2014 2015 mm-hmm. so um on those from those shows i was playing a lot of these people's music as well and i was like like people are dancing like people yeah. like this music a lot like and like they don't even know like half these songs are unreleased by like some kid in tokyo right. or some kid in like new mexico yeah. or whatever so it was just like oh there's definitely something here mm-hmm. you know and i don't know anything about releasing music but I'm down to try like yeah. and so I was um I was releasing with Last Kang at that time mm-hmm. I, I had like a couple album deal with them but I was uh dealing directly with they and are there James Trousey and um he was just like a such a supporter of me and you know my music and everything that I was like sharing with him of other people's stuff too so he's like yeah like if you're you know I was already kind of like bouncing that idea of the label and um basically it just became like a imprint more or less under last gang oh, so okay. i used them as a distributor okay but um i was in like full control of it that's great yeah and how did you balance like your own career with the label like was w- was it equal or was one just a side project um i i never <laughs> yeah i don't know i it was always digital so mm-hmm. yeah you as you know that that makes things a lot easier yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and takes a little less time um 
So yeah, I mean, at the time, this was still pre-Spotify and everything. So it was just like going on SoundCloud and I was still growing that community yeah. along with my own. Yeah. So it was kind of two two different things in tandem, which is nice. And yeah. then I started doing like some showcases, like label showcases and like South by and North by and all of these. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I love about your website, it's super clean, but I'm always amazed at how some labels websites actually make it hard for me to hear the music. <laughs> Whereas like when I went to your site, there's just three big album covers and a play button. It's super simple, but I think it's really important. Like, when you're going to, when you like voluntarily go to a label's website, yeah, you want to hear something right away. Yeah, I, I I believe in that for sure. And it's also like, if you're gonna make people click more than two times on yeah. your web, they're gone. Yeah, so you absolutely. know, like patience is at an all time yeah. low for that. So yeah, I think, and there's just random, uh, you know, websites like I, I follow, like some like a Japanese label that does like a very similar you know, layout of just like, here's the music, here's some nice yeah. art, yeah. and if you like it, you can buy it here. <laughs> well, I always tell um, labels on their website, at the very least, to, to embed like a Spotify playlist on mm. of, of your label's artists right there, because some people will want to just click and listen. Yeah. And what I, what I liked about yours was like, there's play and then there was download. And so play and it had a play button. And oh, I know we're getting into the weeds here, but that's what this <laughs> show's about. But yeah. like, I was listening and instantly started streaming, and I was like, I like this a lot. So now, like, that's like your your first date or whatever, or you're like you're meeting someone, you're seeing their picture or whatever, swiping, mm-hmm. and it's like now, like, I actually want to download download this to whatever platform, or mm-hmm. if I'm really crazy, I want to buy the record or whatever. And so I just like how simple that like you can't give people decisions. Yeah, no. but it was like i'm listening to this this is beautiful now give it to me yeah and people are smart like i think it's this also that's true yeah you know i think that is overlooked as well in general yeah you know? so yeah it's like <laughs> i don't need to give you five thousand links you're gonna figure that part that's out right. yourself so look at you... the band name and the go to your platform and yeah. search for it. yeah you're absolutely right i see it so many times it's the paradox of choice where on like what you could have done is you could have put the album cover, you could have play, and then underneath every single platform, pre-order the vinyl, pre-order this sure, variant yeah. with the T-shirt. Yeah, but yeah, it, there's no need. That's overwhelming to me when I'm when I find yeah. a label I like, and yeah. then but I, I do like to be overwhelmed in that way a right. bit. But I don't think the average person is tra- if they find something they like, it's a good. Song, well, I think then- when you click download on your website then you're taken to a page with more information you have like a bio and you have pre different links and stuff that's fine but initially (laughs) it's like if somebody wants that much information you should be able to provide it exactly yeah yeah that that information exists if you want to find it otherwise here's the song here's the download yeah yeah exactly (laughs) what is it about running a label that you like the most is it the curating is there a philanthropic component to you, you know, like utilizing your audience? I think you had said in an interview somewhere, like paying it forward, basically. Is it the marketing and the PR? Is it the website? Is there, is it like, what is it something that you really uh, like? Oh, just labels? finding the music, really yeah, just finding, it, finding yeah. the artists and hearing their demos for the first time or something and yeah. being like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. like just coming from, 
I feel like I come more from a musician, maybe A and R standpoint right. in that way. I think every right. label owner, or whatever, has their skill sets, and some yeah. people are great at PR true, or true, true. you know, yeah. telling a story. And yeah. I've, I mean, I feel like I probably lack in those departments, but I try to be more, you know, hands on with the artists and right. also like a lot of the people. More and more in the last couple of years. It's I've slowed it down a bit, and I've also focused on I guess you know technically smaller artists. Like uh, the other month, I put out an artist's first project and a first EP. So I I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. It's just you know people see that and think, oh, like maybe less is happening, and it's just more like oh no, this is just more of a challenging right approach. Yeah, and it's more fun to me for that reason. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's not the same payoff as like finding someone that's buzzing already and then just signing them and oh, for sure, it out, yeah. You know? And that has like a ton of responsibility and expectations mm-hmm. from everyone. Yeah, um, I mean, these artists that I lately that I I work with in the last year or two, like you know, I'm I'm telling them what publishing is, and yeah, I'm still you know always <laughs> learning a yeah. little more every day, but. Anything that I know, I'm trying to share that knowledge and like signing them up for a pro and all this stuff. Like, none of these things. No, that's huge. Yeah. And it doesn't take, I've realized this too in this industry is like, there are no experts. Like, there Mm -hmm. might be, there might be one or two, Mm -hmm. but um, it's like what younger artists or up and coming artists need is someone who's just like, three or four weeks ahead of them. Like someone who's like done, <laughs> yeah. like registering for a pro is like, that's kind of tricky. It's confusing. What are, what are we yeah. doing here? Like, It's not fun. <laughs> it, it's not fun at all. Yeah. Anything publishing, I don't enjoy at all. But um, yeah, but like if you have done that, I mean, I remember that back in the day when I got started, it was like figuring out how to make CDs. That was still very mysterious. Mm-hmm. And so I spent hours on the phone and on websites getting quotes and figuring it out but as soon as i had figured out i now permanently knew the best option so yeah any any artists i was really only two weeks ahead of them but like i could save them all that time exactly and that's that isn't to answer your question i guess that's a really great feeling maybe one of the best is when you've you've got the answer to like a new <laughs> artist question and yeah and they're like oh okay thank you for this right. like now right. i don't need like learn from my mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. It's always I always have to remind myself and I've done episodes on this too where like you have to like assume they know nothing, not in a condescending way, mm-hmm. but like sometimes like you have to f- don't think that they're as obsessed about the business side as you maybe are. Oh yeah. And for then sure. and and they will ask a question. You'll be like, oh, we need to go right back to the beginning and mm-hmm. talk about what publishing is or talk about what distribution is. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an age thing too, is like early 20s, I did not care about this stuff that's at right. all. And that's true. Yeah. Unfortunately, now this stuff is kind of interesting to me. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's because it's like a modicum of a check that comes every six months. <laughs> exactly, and so yeah. Once that gets to be like a decent size that you can go out for dinner, that's when you start to pay attention. Yeah, that's to. true. <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was Sound Exchange payment day yesterday. Yes, yeah, this is very fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I'm day. a little happier today than it was yesterday. <laughs> um, 
That's why I'm like a medium mood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't actually understand it. I'm like, like, how much money am I getting? I just could not understand. <laughs> also, it. every time I get that, I think I reply, "Is this a direct deposit? What is? Right. How does this work again?" <laughs> yeah. Well, I just set up for a direct deposit oh, a good. couple weeks ago before, and they were trying to get it before the new payment comes. So I have to check if it's coming or if it comes in the mail. I'm still doing the mail, so I'll look okay. into that next time. And it's American funds too, which is kind of yeah, nice. Yeah, that's definitely nice. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's like that's like something you can't bank on. Like if you're hoping to pay the mortgage, you can't wait for six months. To no, <laughs> and I, I don't even, so much of that, luckily that is a sort of a silver lining with my brain is that I forget about sound exchange until it shows up or yeah. you know all those other things like, so I just try to do a lot every day and then right. hopefully one of those many things leads somewhere. Yeah, and that is that is totally my mentality with like the online world and, and even with music is like, mm. it might be a cover song that breaks through. It might be, yeah. you know, one of your old tracks that's picked up somewhere. I had like a 10-year-old track that was picked up on a yoga app and that was my sound exchange check at Christmas was really good because of this yoga app. And Liz was like, was like, oh, is that like, is that going to be all the time? And I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know who they are. Like, probably not. But yeah. you never know. But that's a flood the world. Santa with like, has more gifts. That year. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to walk by your house to see how big your, your check was. If, yeah. if you have some sort of like new windows or something. Or that Porsche wasn't there. Last year. Yeah, that Porsche. <laughs> Um, okay, we're off track here. Um, do you have um, do you have help at all with the label? Um, for the most part, it's like um, I'm try I try to do everything myself, but I have my manager Matt. Who, yeah, any kind of questions I need to bounce off of. He's, okay, he's always uh, there for that. Um, it's basically just me though. Yeah, now I'm using Warp as distribution. So okay, I, I, I think of, I clicked through that somewhere and saw. Yeah, that. That's and they've awesome. been great to deal with. Um, there's kind of a main guy there, Abdullah, who's That's like awesome. sort of a general project manager, and yeah, he's another one. It's just like I I want to do everything myself, but there's definitely just so many right. you know points in a week where you're just like I don't know the answer to this thing, right? So. Yeah. And do you, with your artists, do you um, get them a publishing deal or do you recommend or like? Um, once in a while, yeah, that has kind of led to that. Yeah. Um, it's been a lot of different random situations. I've I've found that I sign and release a lot of people who a year later sign to a really big label and blow up. <laughs> so oh, really? I'm pretty good at like sniffing <laughs> out talent and then losing it. I actually it. think <laughs> other people are good at sniffing out what you do. <laughs> yeah, that's probably more. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that happened a, a couple of times. Are then, you happy um, about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, for, when I started, it was, I just wanted it to be a stepping stone. Like I yeah. told I, yeah. anybody I signed, I was like, you know, yeah. I, I want good things for you. Yeah. I definitely don't love if the next label hits me up and they're like, can you remove this song that you released so we can act like the artist has never released music yeah, before? Because that before, definitely yeah. happened. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. that's nothing to do with the artist though. So Not yeah. only that, but when a press release comes out, um, I've seen this twice, but when a press release comes out and they don't mention their first label, like they press yeah, yeah. release from the new label. Yeah, yeah. And it's always. like a debut 
yeah. debut release or whatever they say. <laughs> we had an artist on this label who got signed to a bigger label. And they were, so we're a Canadian label. And I have sent everything we do to a local publication We'll call well, in Toronto, mm. you can imagine. And never received any coverage, maybe once. Yeah. And then this artist, like their first album on an American label, got a huge, um, incredibly glowing That's review. That's how it goes, yeah. From this Toronto publication, and and they didn't mention like the fact that they were on a Canadian label before. That's no, man, it's that that is <laughs> you know beyond labels and stuff, and just being like you know someone who's trying to make a name for themselves, yeah. in whatever capacity from Canada, like it's. Yeah. That's just a constant struggle. Yeah, because like you have to leave for sure to to be of interest to anybody. Like, yeah, you know, there's a, It's not everybody. I'm generalizing, but it does feel that way, kind of. You know, when you're, well, it feels like yeah. And and this is very niche for Canadian artists and labels, but it is. And I'm sure actually maybe other places in the world too. But there is like this automatic validation that you get as soon as you get on an American label or American yeah. press or something. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, and it's it's kind of unfortunate that you you kind of feel like you're kicked out a little in that way mm. to like go tour and do all this and that, and then and then uh, yeah, you come back and people love you because like you've right. <laughs> right you've done something and you've come back or whatever. Right. But yeah, um, there's like a notorious um, something like this was like maybe 20 years ago but kathleen edwards when she mm -hmm. she had had a record out in canada and i don't think she had got much press and then she did letterman yeah. and then everybody back home was yeah. like talking about her and bragging about her and she basically kind of like lost it on like the local press was saying like you've ignored me then i do letterman and then you review my record yeah it's i don't know i don't know what it is exactly maybe the just the ceiling here feels so low because we're just used to like oh we're canada yeah we're, that's true yeah you know. humil there's a humility or like yeah so it's sort of like we don't even expect that much of each other yeah. sometimes <laughs> right like, maybe there's something to that but yeah I, that's unfortunate you know that we have to like start from that point and work from there <laughs> well i think i think not Canadians, but everybody is shallow to a certain extent. And so sure. if there's like a blue check next to your name, then that obviously means I should pay a little bit more attention. And mm -hmm. if you have uh, a Juno Award, congrats, um, <laughs> then you you can you pay attention a little bit more. You're like, oh, this this yeah. person might have something important to say. And I yeah. think we're just shallow. Oh yeah, no denying that humanity <laughs> is shallow. <laughs> so. Today, I don't know where we left off with SoundCloud, but how right. do you find artists to work with now? I imagine it's artists you admire or if you've worked with, uh, or are you still like, are you doing deep dives on SoundCloud and Bandcamp? Definitely, yeah, still doing that. Um, or submissions? Yeah, it's just kind of all of the above. Yeah. And through all of that uh, constantly, then something comes up where I'm like, oh, this is weird and exciting and different. Yeah. and. I haven't heard of this person and um yeah maybe they have an interesting story like all of these things kind of might catch your attention and maybe one side does and the music could you know like be changed slightly or whatever that's and, a great point um and i'll have those conversations too if it's if it seems warranted i'm also not trying to be like change this yeah. snare on yeah. this song or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah but um 
Yeah, also a lot of that then ends up being like, oh, maybe they were already self-conscious about their mix or yes. they've never worked with the engineer for mastering. Yeah. And, and I also enjoy, I think connecting the dots is like, in general, is definitely a part oh, that I love with labels. So yeah, I I've got totally like agree. engineers and visual yeah. artists that I love to like, you seem to like this style, and I know this person like in London that does like claymation. So yeah. you're gonna like work with oh, them. Oh, that's and, awesome! So that's super fun for sure. And yeah. I love saving artists money. That's I think one of the best parts. Yeah, yeah. Is like they <laughs> tell me I was just about to go pay three hundred dollars a song to have this album mastered, and I'm like, hold on, mm-hmm. we have another solution that, or something. You know, that also is something I I guess I never even think about too much. Is but like. From starting the label or whatever, um, I don't think anyone owes me anything. Like I've anything mm. that we've worked on for a release, like if it's a video or mastering, like yeah. I just cover that. It's and I don't usually ask for any kind of recruitment or whatever. It's oh really? Like oh that's nice because I keep things real, you know, simple. trim. You know, <laughs> yeah. and I've, I've got my people that I work with, and you know, I get generally pretty good deals or yeah. whatever. But yeah. That's like money beyond talking about publishing or whatever. Nobody right. wants to like deal with that shit or yeah. you know, be owing if it's their first release and they don't know if anything's gonna come from it. Yeah. So. Well, and also if you can afford that, I think it's great to put your money where your mouth is or where your heart is because yeah. it's it's saying like I think this needs a claymation video. Yeah. But I don't want to put that on you to have to because if it's a two thousand or five thousand dollar video. You might be fronting the money, but at the end of the day, it's still their money. Yeah, and, sure. And so, um, yeah, I mean, end of the day, there's there's still through you know, um, you know, streams and everything. That's it, right. It all. It all adds and so, up, for but, you to kind of peer pressure them into making a video or something, yeah, that's great that you do that for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a huge part that people are scared of talking about too, for yeah, sure. And, yeah, and I always was approaching a label, so get that. Well, I think that and a lot of label owners I've talked to are this way as well and and you might not want to to say this about yourself but I think a lot of labels are like it, it's a bit of a charity it's a bit of a, mm-hmm. a there's a um, a goodwill a philanthropic component to it where you're giving back to artists and you're paying out of pocket because you believe in them mm-hmm. or for whatever reason. I, th- I hear that all the time from labels. And I don't think labels actually say that, but you can see it in, in how yeah. they treat finances. Yeah, I mean, money, energy, time, that, we're, we're putting all that yeah. into it. And, yeah. you know, uh, with, you know, that's, that's, that's going into it. If you're starting a label or, or whatever, I think you definitely need to understand those basics. Mm-hmm. And... If you can do that and be satisfied, then yeah, yeah it's probably the thing to do. It, is your um, have you evolved from just digital, or 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 what dictates you know what type of release? Because from what I see, it's not that traditional pre-order your deluxe vinyl plus T-shirt type of label. You know, yeah. like you've done things your own way. Yeah, I mean, I've done kind of a handful of releases that we did final for and yeah. and that was you know kind of a whole other experience that it all works out in the end but sometimes through it I'm like uh I just kind of miss like yeah. <laughs> focusing yeah. on the nuts and bolts yeah. and like putting more energy into making the perfect sort of 
thing for them to live online in the most part, I think is okay. Cause a lot of these artists are so young and like, that's priority to them. Yeah. Like vinyl is definitely exciting for anybody just to have a physical product, but yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just have always been, I've always gravitated towards that kind of process. Yeah. Was there things about traditional labels? I mean, not necessarily like a label that you have worked with or, or a bad experience, but were there things about traditional labels that you said right from the start, I don't want to do this with my label. I, I want my label to be different. Oh, uh, I mean like six month rollouts and stuff yeah. like that. Like definitely uh, that was another part is just like being more flexible being, yeah, able to, I mean, early on a lot of the stuff I was it started as like a singles thing like every right I think it was bi-weekly or bi-monthly it was a new single from right. a different artist from a different country or whatever more yeah. or less um and that was sometimes they'd send me the song and then I'd be like okay three weeks we're putting this out and mm-hmm. we'll find the artist to yeah. do the art and yeah um we'll figure out who's gonna post it hopefully or whatever yeah. but that was for sure like and that made them excited you know so I think having that Maintaining that spontaneity, even though rollouts are, you know, necessary for yeah bigger projects and yeah. all this stuff, but you know that can also deflate artists for sure. So, yeah, yeah. I never wanted to um, ruin the morale or anything like that. Right, right. Is SoundCloud still a part of things, or what's happened with that? I still, I mean, every release I put up there, and I'm always surprised, like, oh, it still gets plays and right. stuff that's yeah. great to see for sure i guess i just don't really actively engage with right. the community that yeah. much unfortunately it just doesn't feel first nature anymore right um i'm still kind of you know ever present on twitter and everything like yeah. that and that that's always felt like the sort of necessary component for what i've done is like staying directly in touch with people and right yeah and i think that Really, the diehard fans have followed you on every platform, or they've subscribed to you at some. I just got to get on TikTok. <laughs> You're not on TikTok. Oh, it's it's been hard to it's, get yeah. on there myself. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I mean, I love it. I I follow people with like a burner account, but I just <laughs> yeah yeah same. I, I I started it for about a week, and I thought I just don't have the energy for this, and I also don't like the. Pl- I'm not on the platform because I don't need another thing to like consume me. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely feel the brain rot slowly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> happening in real time, but you know, I kind of welcome that. As yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's frustrating because, like, you do Twitter well, you do Instagram well, you start to master these things. I, I feel it for YouTubers as well, and then something new comes along, <laughs> and like, and you're going to be inevitably late to it. Yeah, totally. And it's like I just. I just started figuring out Instagram. Exactly. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm definitely at that point. And I definitely with um, 31 now, I just feel like it's sort of that age where, oh, I'm like maybe losing a little touch and like <laughs> <laughs> trying to, when you're early 20s, it's just like, oh, I can, I don't care about what I post yeah. or what yeah. I do or whatever, like online. And, uh, and yeah, now I'm, I'm sort of like, I don't think I have, that much interesting stuff to say. So right. I still focus on like the music and, and everything and promoting that as, as I can in the least boring way. But yeah, <laughs> I I, th- I think with TikTok, like I don't really know the platform and I don't know like what other people are doing, but 
I don't have the creativity, the energy to be funny every day. Like, <laughs> I just, I'm I definitely more of a, a spectator in that way. So I'll, right. I, I love like, yeah, finding people that <laughs> that are you know good at it. But yeah, I'm just like, oh man, I'm not as funny as these ten other people right. that I follow. So <laughs> I, I as a spectator, I'm not. I don't like the platform because I don't find it very elegant. I find it like extremely noisy and uh whereas like when instagram came on it was all about the grid and it was very people were had a lot of class and a lot of style on there <laughs> whereas tiktok is just they got no class got, <laughs> <laughs> no i don't mean that but you know what i mean no but like, it's like when saturday you, morning cartoons really well you op- open the app and it's screaming at you instantly. i know so i think yeah. that's like kind of the difference right? that was when i when i actually was like okay i'm done with this because it was like 11 o'clock at night and you open it. Yeah. And stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. But the thing is like to, I guess to bring it back to what we're talking about, like it's, um, it's just now another component where labels are like, okay, we got to get this song going on TikTok or whatever. Right. And it's like, you don't know how to do that. Like yes. no one really knows how to do right. that. You can pay a bunch of dancers to like make a challenge or something, but that's yeah. not, nothing's guaranteed. I, um, when I had a single out recently, I thought, well, I wonder, you know, like there's these influencers on Instagram who have, you know, half a million followers and they're really niched in a lot of areas. And I thought, okay, what about someone who is like, you know, an outdoors traveler or something? My music would fit perfectly with Mm -hmm. a traveler. And so, you know, what if like they're obviously doing sponsored posts all the time? Would it be in my best interest to pay them X amount of dollars to share this track or even just on one of their like drone shots to play one of my tracks. And so I reached out to one person on their website and I never heard back. And then I just kind of chickened out from it. I I thought (laughs) I don't, first of all, I don't want to be rejected. Um, but uh, by an influencer, by an influencer. <laughs> well, yeah, I just like I'm reaching out to like a 21 year old girl who's backpacking across the world and she ignores me. And I'm like, no, you know what? This is too much. <laughs> I can't handle this. Yeah, no, I, I, I've gone through that stuff as well. Like with my last album, there was definitely like, okay, we got like a little budget to like, you know try to find these like TikTok dancers yeah. or whatever and they would reach out to one person they're like yeah 10k for this or whatever oh my god and they're like oh yeah of course obviously yeah like it's you know you're trying to like influence an entire culture to like like your song or whatever <sighs> yeah it makes sense but yeah that that part of the process of I've definitely not enjoyed and I'm not really interested in <laughs> that's right and it's like it's a crapshoot you really don't know if the influencer is legit as well. Sure. (laughs) And I felt like my approach was a lot more authentic because I felt like their audience and my audience would really complement each other. It's kind of like Mm -hmm. the way that like, um, like an outdoorsy person can advertise like a jacket company or a sweatshirt company because they're into the similar things. And so I thought, that that might be a good entry point you know for music um i don't know i think there might be still something there but it's like i don't know what my budget is because mm-hmm. really what you're hoping is like if somebody char- charged me $500 how can i measure if that was a good investment yeah. they really need to bring me 
like a hundred thousand streams. Yeah. And that's so, that's tricky. Another part of it that's yeah, none of it's guaranteed in that way. And I think yeah, it's so easy for label people or whatever just to be like, okay, we'll get this person that has a million followers and then we'll recoup our money and everybody will be happy. And yeah. Like that's true. No, I mean maybe people don't care about the song and they just like the dance that the person does or yeah. whatever. Like Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's it's, that it's very is... easy to overthink this stuff. So yeah. I, I feel like yeah, I mean that's that's definitely where some t- some days if I think about that too much, I'm like, oh I'm nostalgic for the SoundCloud days when nobody gave yeah. a crap about yeah. all that. But, you but know. then people in twenty years are gonna be like, I'm nostalgic for the TikTok days. Oh yeah, for when sure. Things were a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, so you know, it's just keeping up with the right stuff, I think, and all of these apps are gonna be gone, and then there will be different ones. So yeah. you can't commit too much to one anyway. I think. And really, it comes down to like good songs and people having like intimate connections with these songs. And yeah, the things that have have been the most beneficial to me is like songs that are good and that ha- have carried themselves. And spread on their own, mm-hmm. and I've you know I've definitely gotten lucky. I've known a guy who's worked at this company who's placed me on this thing, and that's worked for a season. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work anymore; they're gone. That kind of thing. Yep. But the best part is that slow little follower count that goes up and up and up. And yep. people who on release day, if you have a hundred people who are legitimately excited about your release, mm-hmm. that's the real thing. Anything else, I. I so fleeting it seems yeah i mean that's like with the paid influencer stuff or the playlisting that everybody's just like dying to get on any playlist on spotify over a hundred thousand or whatever because then they're gonna you know break through like you know maybe for a couple random artists that happens but it's like that's not active followers or right. active fans you know they're just i mean a lot of that play is from like cafes and restaurants yeah. and stuff so it's like true you got to be like realistic like the i think unfortunately stats becoming so upfront right has definitely changed our perspective of like oh well my song has a million plays so i'm like I'm big now yeah <laughs> it's like i know you know baby shark has 300 trillion plays. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's know. a great song. Though. Yeah, um, it's, a <laughs> it's a hit. Well, and now they've done the play counts on every track. Have you seen that? On the album. No. So if you expand an album, it's it used to be just your top five songs or top ten songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. now when you click on an album, there's a play count next to every song, which is crazy. And it's... In the most basic way, I definitely get it as a listener. Like, oh, this is this song is most plays. So I... Right. It's probably very good. Right. But beyond that, the stats just seem so unnecessary for like an average listener. Yeah. Like it's, yes. it really should only be useful for like a label or like an agent. Like, oh, you have this many plays in, right. you know, Spain. So let's do a tour there or whatever. Like, yeah. That's, but that's now I don't useful. even know if that's legitimate anymore because if mm. you just get placed on, True. A European (laughs) playlist, then. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, like, I had my most plays were in Montreal. And somebody mentioned to me, it's like, you should really play some shows in Montreal. And I was like, I don't know any of those people. I don't, I don't think I could really go and book a club and 
all mm. those people would come out. Who knows where that came from? Yeah, it's I don't you know. gotta be casting a wide net already That's to right. then yeah. try to yeah. Yeah. Zoom in on that and get a at least 500 people of those. I don't know why the numbers are so important to Spotify. I don't know why they seem to be pushing that because at the end of the year when they do that um, thing where they get everyone to share it, now mm-hmm. they're doing it at the halfway mark about how absurd your things are. And then, of course, yeah. Spotify are for artists. All of us are logging into that every morning yeah. on the toilet. And it's like, <laughs> I don't really, I don't know why, what the obsession is with pushing those numbers. Oh man, it's it's all capitalist. It's yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah. But honestly, it's just, you know, like it it creates this competition between everyone and then it and then yeah, between artists or uh, listeners, like I feel like like yeah, this thing that's constantly rolling out now where it's like your taste is great. You want to know how great your taste yeah. is. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, it just feels kind of like gaslighting or something. It's right. like you chose like we have all this but you chose it and yeah. i don't know it just feels like it's getting kind of sus <laughs> well i never um i still use primarily use apple music and um or use itunes for my whole collection but the, whenever those spotify trends come out those numbers come out they're completely irrelevant because it's mostly just my own music or artists on my label and and then whatever my kids are listening to it's just like baby shark <laughs> and then <laughs> My own track. Same, yeah. So, everybody's sharing their accounts, yeah, so it's yeah, all exactly. skewed anyway. Yeah, it's totally skewed. I would like to see. Do you remember Last FM? Like that was yeah, more sure. accurate. Yeah, true, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and that felt not as com- competitive for no. some reason. It was, you know, it was super private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody told me recently on the show, I think actually, that they still have Last FM connected to their computer and they have like 10, 15 years of data of what they've listened to. The last, last FM. <laughs> the last, last. <laughs> was that what it was called? Last FM? Or am I? It was, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I was just getting it mixed up with all the other com- companies that have come and gone. Yeah. Um, what is the, like, what is the future for the label? The label just like kind of walks in tandem with you or do you have dreams of growing it into being something different? I'm trying to get someone else involved. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's finally, cool. I'm finally like, okay, yeah. I'm going to be a little less stubborn. And yeah. Yeah. Just have a general, like, actual project manager Le- on, yeah, okay. on the that's side cool. of the label. And, yeah. Um, Cause, yeah, there's definitely moments where I'm just on my emails and I'm like, I don't, this, this part definitely really sucks right now yeah. where I'm just like deep into, into right. the weeds with it. And, right. And it's just, you know, stuff that, you know, if you're finding artists and, you know, helping them out in, in every capacity, I feel like, yeah, you got to find a way to, you know, spread out what you're doing and yeah. not hating it at the end of the day. <laughs> Are, I forgot to ask you this. Are you involved in the recording process or mixing process with the artists? Um, Do you have a preference? Not so much. It has... I have randomly, I've, I've mastered stuff randomly for people that weren't as picky with it and yeah. they said, and they requested yeah. it or whatever. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I have sort of like three really great like mastering engineers mm-hmm. that I bounce between that are, if one's busy, I'll hit right. the other. But people I trust and who specialize in like, this guy's good at dance and this guy's good at more headphone yeah. music or whatever. Yeah. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I I try to keep it kind of separate in that way um, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, I do hope, like, uh, I think a label manager is great. I always feel bad, like, you know, I'm either sacrificing my own creative process and my own music, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure you feel the same way, or you're sacrificing doing something that should be done for, for their release. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real, uh, t- like, tug of war for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, that's keeps it exciting because, you know, it feels like you're always got something to do yeah but true, true. you know some days that just it feels like something's got to give so yeah. i try not to disappoint <laughs> i'd rather disappoint myself a little than like yeah the artist that i'm working with I or whatever i love what you said at the beginning um because i feel this too is that that discovery moment there is this incredible feeling of finding an artist that you know no one has heard of other than their close mm-hmm. friends and just that little couple of weeks window where it's just you and them Mm -hmm. and you feel like you're you might be like kind of exaggerating to yourself but you feel like you're sitting on something oh yeah life-changing for sure yeah i mean it's that that's definitely the kind of essence of that yeah what i'm looking for always that feeling chasing that feeling (laughs) yeah that's right yeah well it's actually very similar to like as a music fan Mm -hmm. every time i check out a new record there is that little feeling of like will this be the record that I listen to for the next three months, or and will this be in my top ten and top twenty-five records of all time? Every time somebody tweets about a record or posts it, or I go to new release Friday yeah. and I listen to something, there is that potential, and that's why I always click on something. And the same feeling with discovering a new artist. Yeah, and I I try to approach it when when I'm finding someone or checking out their demos or whatever, like really enter that mindset of just you know being a fan or yeah opening spotify and yeah. listening to something and and yeah it's i think probably the the further along you go it's harder to maintain that sort of naivety but like right. i think uh if you can still approach with that that mindset a bit definitely like is it something that yeah i'm going to really love and yeah. like listen to regardless of if i'm involved or yeah. not yeah yeah well, that's true yeah. Thanks for doing this, man. Yeah. Good to chat with you. <laughs> you too. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. You can find out more about Ryan's label, Secret Songs, by going to shhsecretsongs.com. You can just Google Secret Songs and you'll find it. Um, also, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, for all of our new and our faithful listeners, um, you grab all of our resources at otherrecordlabels.com. If you haven't been there in a while, it's been updated. Um, there's been some new things kind of quietly added. So visit otherrecordlabels.com for all of your independent record label needs. Thank you so much for being a listener. <laughs>